We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody and Matt here, back for another episode, guys. And today we're talking about the Colts preseason game, their second one that they played, their home opener in the preseason. They hosted the Detroit Lions. They lost by a score of 27 to 26. And so we're going to kind of talk about some breakdowns. We are Derek and I already did kind of a our immediate thoughts after the game yesterday, but we kind of wanted to talk today, guys, as we did with week one, some players who helped improve their stock with stock up or some players who maybe didn't really do a whole lot for their stock, whether they played badly or they didn't quite do enough to kind of help themselves out in the long run as the Colts are getting closer and closer to having to make some more cuts and, you know, trying to get down to that 53 man roster. So without further ado, let's start up with some of the people who we felt like these players have stock up for this year or for this game moving forward. The first guy we got to talk about, we got to talk about Sam Ellinger. I mean, two stellar performances in the preseason had another one had a couple touchdowns you know one one long one a 50 plus yarder to Desmond Patman um and then he had another one to Mike Strawn and it just seems like Matt you know Sam Ellinger is so much more comfortable in this system so much more comfortable as a player you know I know he worked a lot this offseason to improve some of those areas where he really struggled last offseason you know and so it seems like at least right now and again these are against twos and threes but it seems like at least on the surface, Sam Ellinger is a more confident and more poised quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he looks more comfortable. He's looking really good out there, even though he's not really going up against any starters. I've been pretty impressed with him, you know, just how he, you know, sees the field. It looks like the game is getting slower for him. He's still got a little bit to go before he could potentially be a starter somewhere. Like, he's got a lot to work on, but he's making the right strides so far, and Honestly, based on how he played the last two weeks, it's going to be really, really tough for this front office to let him go and risk another team to snag him up. I think either you have to keep him and have three quarterbacks on roster, or you're going to have to trade him and get something for him because somebody's going to take him. He's been playing really, really good football. Um, so, yeah, I've been really happy with him. Yeah, and I and there, for those people, because I know there was inevitably going to be people who say, oh, QB2, guys, let's just be honest, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, you, you got to kind of think about you know who he was playing against. And Nick Foles, it's not like Nick Foles was stinking it up. He was five of six. He didn't play that right. much 
in this game. And so I kind of look at it as now I think more so this, you know, warrants that conversation you're talking about. Do the Colts roll yeah. with three quarterbacks, which I think is a real possibility. And I think now that you have potentially another roster spot with Ogletree going on IR, maybe that yeah. does give you the potential to keep three quarterbacks. So like you said, maybe some trade bait and get something out of Sam Ellinger, who, you know, is a late round pick to begin with. You know, if you can get something back for him, maybe that's something if he continues to play well, the Colts consider. But all that to say, we just want to give him credit where credit is due. He has looked really good, really good on the run. You know, he's really good at, at you know breaking away and making those throws on the run to open guys. And so it's really been great to see kind of his touch on the ball really, really improve this year. And I'm excited for him to continue to do that, you know, in the preseason and beyond. But as far as QB2 goes, probably not this year if the Colts were to keep him. Um, but we'll see. If he continues to progress, man, maybe next year he's QB2. We'll see. But uh, all right, let's continue on talking about some other players. I already talked about some of the players that Sam Ellinger threw touchdown passes to. We got to talk about the first guy that he threw a touchdown pass to. That's Mike Strawn. And it's crazy, Matt, that Mike Strawn is not even a week removed from being removed off of the PUP list. And he's already showing out again, like he did last preseason. You know, he came back on Tuesday, actually, when I was down there at practice, jumped in right with the twos and never looked back. And he's continuing to show you know, what the Colts saw on him when they took him in that 2021 draft. So really excited for Mike Strawn. And I think he's honestly now, Matt, even though he hasn't even been in the with the team for an entire week, he's making a case for potentially wide receiver number five. What are your thoughts on Mike Strawn so far? I, I've been really happy with what I saw from him, especially with him only being back for a week now. thought he's done a lot of really good things. And just watching the game, like you said, he, he looks like he's wide receiver five. He looks better than just about everybody out there as far as, you know, the guys that aren't going to be your receiver one through four. Um, like, he just looks better than most of those depth piece guys, and I think he's going to find his way to, uh, you know, getting a spot on the roster. I mean, that size that he has, 6'5", with the speed he has, the athleticism, the great hands, it's just really tough to not take him. Yeah, it's crazy, man, that he was he's been able to do what he did. We all knew the traits were there, but I think there were questions like, you know, when he does get back, is he going to be effective because he literally hasn't played like since last year, you know? So right. it's like what he look like, you know, when he comes back and credit him, man, he hasn't lost a step. You know, he's he's clearly ready to go and ready to get back in there, you know, from that. I believe it was I don't remember what injury it was that he suffered, but he did suffer it in OTAs. I think it was something around the knee. I can't remember. I think it was a meniscus tear. If I'm not mistaken, something like that, I think something around there. But anyway, you know, yeah. uh, regardless, it's great to see him starting to step out and maybe, you know, kind of separate himself from some of these other guys also going for the wide receiver number five position. Yes. And then we got to talk about the other wide receiver who stood out, who has had the whole time. He hasn't been injured, but has honestly been kind of quiet during training camp. We haven't heard a whole lot about him, but this was the coming out party for Des Patman. I tell you what, he had that big, long touchdown, had over 100 yards receiving. I mean, he looked really, really good, Matt. Yeah, I mean, five catches, 103 yards, touchdown. He'll take those numbers all day, every day. Um, looked like out of all the receivers, besides maybe Strawn, he was really good at getting separation. Uh, he, he, like, I, I honestly think him and Strawn are going to make the roster. I think if they do roll with the, uh, six receivers, it's going to be Strawn and it's going to be Patman. Patman, I think. I mean, we saw what he did last year. I mean, in Arizona, had that nice touchdown catch. Um, We know he's capable of doing good things. I think the front office knows it, and he's showing it again. So 
I, I was really happy with what I saw from him. Yeah, he looked like a different kind of wide receiver. You know, he looked fast. Like, I know he's a big body wide receiver, but he looked fast when he got the ball in his hand, man. Like, he was not afraid uh, at all, you know, to go and, you know, just, you know, run it after the catch. He had a lot of good rack there. So, yeah, great to see. You good over there? Just want to make sure you're good. <laughs> yeah. I, that was funny. I, the little white dog and in my husky. Hey, you know what? We'll keep this in the episode because that's pretty funny. Your face just was priceless, man. That's great. Um, yeah, but anyway, great to see Patman and Strawn both stepping out so far. Um, wanted to talk about guys just real fast. Another guy here on this offensive, on the offensive side of things, and that is Bernard Ryman. Bernard Ryman, the rookie out of Central Michigan, you know, was the starter, quote unquote, because all the starters weren't playing, obviously. So he was the starter at left tackle. And I want to give him credit where it's due. There's been a lot of ups and downs for him so far through the preseason, through training camp. I thought Bernard Ryman looked really, really good. Again, it is against twos and threes, but I liked what I saw from Bernard Ryman. And for me, it's all about him just getting a little bit better every day, right? Just getting more confidence in himself and his ability to play the tackle position at the, at the pro level. So overall, I was very impressed with Bernard Ryman. Matt, what was your thoughts on the rookie? Yeah, I was pretty impressed with him too. You know, he did exactly what he needed to do, and that was just get better and better. You know, I don't expect him to start. My Husky also doesn't expect him to start uh, right away. It's going to take some time. but. Uh, no, I mean, he's doing what he needs to do. He's looking like, at worst, he's going to be a solid number two this year for the left tackle spot. And um, just with how he's improving, won't be surprised if either next year or maybe even at the end of this year, he does good enough to where he's going to be the number one guy and he'll start over uh, Matt Pryor. Um, really happy, didn't make mistakes. That's what you want to see in a guy like him. Like you said, played against twos and threes, but still looked good. Yep. And for him, it's just continuing to get better every day. No pressure to start right away. If, if he gets to that point, great this year, but he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to feel that pressure. So great to see him just continuing to improve and he can really just take his time this year if he absolutely needs to do so. All right. Um, let's move over now to the defense. A couple other guys on this stock up list. I just want to kind of group these guys a little bit together because there is a little bit of a theme with these three different, uh, you know, different kinds of positions here. Start with the defensive line. Uh, Dayo Odengbo and Ifedi Odenigbo, of course, both of them stand out, so I have to say their names back-to-back, but I think I get it, I got it pretty good there. Both these guys looked really good. I mean, Dayo Odengbo had two sacks in the day. Uh, you know, Ifedi, I think he also had a sack. If not, he had a couple good pressures. Um, they both looked really, really, really good on this defensive line, and, you know, they can both kind of play, especially Dio can play a little bit of everywhere, but it seems like he's really starting to come into his own as a pass rusher. Yeah, I, um, again, really happy with those two. Um, Odengbo, he's starting to slowly show what Ballard saw in him last year, um, and, you know, he showed why Ballard took him in the second round. And then with uh, Effetti, I believe is how you say his first name, right? Um, I thought yeah, he looked Ifedi, really yep. good. Um, honestly, as far as the defensive lineman today, he was second best. Um, as far as the guys that played today, I was really happy with what I saw from him. And I think he's playing well enough to where he could earn a, a roster spot when it's all said and done. Um, he's getting pressures. I think he led the team in pressures with, uh, I think, seven pressures in total wow. is what I think the numbers yeah. ended up going up to. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe I mixed up pressures with tackles. I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm pretty sure his pressures. He he's looked really good um, both games so far, and um, 
you know, it's it's good. You know, if he continues to get better like he looks like he is, you know, it's going to be a nice little depth piece. And Odenigbo is only a couple years removed from a seven-sack season with the Cleveland Browns. So he has done it. You know, he has proven he can be an effective pass rusher in this league. So, yeah, I'm excited to have him kind of as a situational backup pass rusher behind, obviously, the two starters. But, uh, yeah, I was really encouraged by both these guys and their progress and their ability to get after the quarterback. I think this, that should excite fans alone. You know, these guys aren't even the starters, and they're just continuing to disrupt. And whenever they're given the opportunity, you know, they're, they're making plays. So really excited about those two. Um, all right, let's continue here talking about a couple of the linebackers. A couple of the undrafted linebackers I thought filled really in really well yesterday. I think the, the guy that stood out the most was Sterling Weatherford. He was clearly the best linebacker out there yesterday for the Colts. And, you know, kind of talking about guys like JoJo Doman, who is probably going to make the roster when he gets back. I really do feel like he's going to. Weatherford made a strong case. And I think the same goes for Forrest Ryan. They both made strong cases yesterday. You know, could they potentially be guys that could sneak onto this roster for the Colts? Uh, I definitely think Weatherford uh, could be somebody that sneaks in and makes the roster. Um, didn't really see much from him. No, I can't speak. I didn't see much from him last week, um, but it was really nice to see him this week make an impact and do some good things. And then, like you said, with Ryan, he looked really good as well. That was nice to see. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you ask me which one of those two were going to make it, I'd probably go Weatherford. But still, I think Ryan definitely did make a case that um, he deserves to be considered to make the roster. Yeah, it seems like whenever the ball was you know being thrown around, they were right there to make a play. It seemed like they were all over the field. Both of them were. So, yeah, really excited to see how these guys both progress. And, you know, if one makes the roster and the other one's on the practice squad, I feel pretty good about that. You know, I, I would love to just keep all these young linebackers. So I do think there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent ahead of them, obviously. So maybe, you know, the Colts might be losing out on one of these good players, you know, getting more snaps. But that's kind of how it is, you know, with the, with the NFL. But you know, I, I feel a lot better about the depth now, seeing these guys going out and playing really good ball for you. So, uh, yeah, really good to see. All right, uh, the last couple guys we want to talk about for the stock up. I want to talk about corner that I did not expect. You know, kind of came out of nowhere. Tony Brown, I thought he had a really nice game. He had the interception, obviously. He did give, give up a touchdown, but, you know, I thought he the, the positives yesterday outweighed the negatives, and he showed kind of his ability a little bit. Uh, to be a pretty good corner, you know? So I was really encouraged by him. And then obviously Nick Cross as well, you know, one of the only starters out there yesterday. But, you know, he was he showed kind of his versatility, Matt, in terms of, uh, you know, tackle ability. You know, he was out there filling the gaps. Even though the Colts' run defense struggled yesterday, um, I felt like, you know, he was not somebody that struggled. Nick Cross was out there making plays. And then obviously in coverage, we all know the third down coverage play that Nick Cross made in the back of the end zone. So, all that to say, what were your thoughts, Matt, on these two players? Um, you know, didn't really expect much from Tony Brown, kind of like you, but he made some plays. You know, he made some plays uh, yesterday that, um, you know, it was nice to see. Had that interception, like you mentioned, had a nice uh, couple of, uh, you know, coverage plays and whatnot. So it was really nice to see. He really stuck out to me yesterday. And then with Nick Cross, again, just doing his thing, you know, it's looking like he's going to be a really nice safety have back there with Julian Blackman and I think he's going to be the starter um which honestly I thought Ronnie McLeod was going to be the starter at first but now I think it's going to be Nick Cross I think he's played good enough to where he's earned that spot 
yeah, we all knew the talent was there for Nick Cross. Like it was no question. The athletic ability was there. Like we were all excited for that, but just like how raw is he coming into the third round? You know, like how raw is he going to be year one? And I think the beauty with a Nick Cross is, well, maybe right away, you know, if you were to play Rodney McLeod over him, Rodney McLeod may be, you know, a little bit better right away. I do think the long-term you know, outlook on a guy like Nick Cross is huge. I mean, because he's a guy that can do everything. You know, like that's something. As much as I love Corey Willis, he really struggled in coverage. You know, and so it seems like from what we've seen with the sample size of Nick Cross, he he doesn't really struggle in either department. He's pretty good at both departments. So, and you know, you you throw that on top of just the athletic ability that he's given and just his size and all those things. I think that's a recipe for you know some really really good safety play at your strong safety position. So. Really excited to see how he continues to get better because it feels like he's continuing to get better, and these reps are so valuable for for those rookies like Cross. So, yeah, I was really encouraged with what I saw from him, even if it was only against the twos. He was never out of position. He was constantly there making plays. So, all right, let's move on now to some of the guys who stocked down, and I know this one, Matt's going to get you right away. I know you're going to defend him, but I really do think it's valid. Jack Cohn, you know, while the stats don't necessarily look bad yesterday and I know there were other factors as well there were times where Jack Cohn did really struggle yesterday and I think maybe you know there were some people who I think maybe were going maybe a little bit too critical of Jack Cohn um, but also I do think that when it comes to the quarterback battle he didn't do himself any favors especially considering how good Sam Ellinger looked yesterday give me your thoughts on Jack Cohn what's going on everyone just wanted to take a quick moment to talk with you about odds trader Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sport books to get the best deal possible. Odds Trader allows you to make bets on almost every major sport. Some of the cool features that I enjoy about Odds Trader is the handicapping options they provide. You get live play-by-play updates. You get live scores and bet tracking on everything that you're doing on the app player statistics, key game statistics. You even get projected game day weather reports as well. And the, another great thing about odds traders, you get bet tracker, which allows you to keep records of all your games and betting activities while you're on the site. I mean, how cool is that? If this is something that sounds like it intrigues you, make sure to go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire odds trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Look, man, I mean, Jack Cohn was unbelievable yesterday. I mean, he should have had 250 yards passing. Everybody else was slacking. Um, just a lot of missed opportunities. Offensive line played terrible for him. I mean, the guy, I mean, he could run 55 miles per hour, but the <laughs> offensive line, when he was trying to extend the play, oh, yeah. did something to his feet so he can run fast. But no, all kidding aside, um, yeah, Jack Cohn did struggle yesterday at times. He definitely did struggle at times. However, the offensive line for every quarterback was not good at all. I mean, there's a few guys that were pretty solid, you know, like Fries, French, Ryman, you know, some of those guys. But a lot of the, the depth pieces that were on our offensive line, not good. You know, not good at all. And, you know, Jack Cohn, not the fastest guy in the world. So there were moments that he had to try to extend the play. He was put in really difficult situations at times. But I will say, had a really nice drive at the end of the game, let him down the field, potentially could have won the game, the offensive line collapsed on him again on that two-point conversion. But like you said, he did struggle at times. I'm not saying he's fantastic. I'm not saying that he was great. His um, 
chances of making the roster definitely went down because of how Stan played. Um, I'll definitely agree with everybody on that. But I, I do think people need to chill a little bit, just kind of look at the um, the offensive line and see how bad it was on a lot of those uh, plays that he was out there. And I, I thought he played all right. I didn't think he played all that great. I thought he was okay. Yeah, he, he had moments where, like you talked about, like he let a drive, you know, that went and tied that would have tied that game if they would have yeah. kicked the field goal uh, or the extra point. But, yeah. but yeah, he did have moments where he struggled, and you're like, yeah, he's probably not going to make the roster. You know, at this point, he'll probably be a practice squad guy, if anything. Yeah. So, you know, just in terms of stock, you know, I don't think it really helped his stock at all, um, especially considering talked about Ellinger's play and how yeah. sensational that was. Um, but yeah, just a guy that uh, you know we'll have to see, you know, if the Colts keep him on their practice squad and what kind of happens with him. Cause he is raw. He is still a rookie. He's still yes. got a lot to learn and grow. And I think he can. So a lot of people dunking on him right now. Just want to give him the benefit of the doubt if we can. All right. Um, another guy here we want to talk about, uh, and I don't know if this was more him or just, you know, a lack of opportunity, but we didn't see anything from Jelani Woods yesterday, which is a little right. bit surprising given, given how, you know, you would think it in these preseason games, especially you'd want to see a guy like Jelani Woods a little bit more because, you know, now especially without uh, without Ogletree out there, you know he's out for the year. Like you don't really have a whole lot of guys outside of really Mo and maybe Kylan Granson. You know, so yeah. like you know, Jelani's the next guy up there. You know, you would like to see him get more opportunities. You know, what were your thoughts kind of on Jelani Woods' kind of absence yesterday in the Colts offense? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. I think uh, you know, probably more lack of opportunities. Um, you know, I think with Mike Strong being out there, that took away a little bit from him, but he just, like I said, he wasn't, it felt like he was non-existent. Um, there was times where I didn't even think he played, you know, because he just wasn't really that involved all that much. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, just wasn't out there. Um, I didn't think he was bad, obviously, because he didn't really do anything. Yeah. Didn't see much from him, yeah. so it's hard to say if he was good or bad, you know, like right. maybe they just didn't target him on purpose. I don't know what the yeah. answer is, but I would have liked to see him a little more. So that's yeah. kind of why we have him on the stock down, because we don't really know. But it kind of yeah. seems that way right now based off of the lack of production. So, mm-hmm. all right, um, let's keep talking here. You talked about the offensive line. I thought the o- interior offensive line is very poor. Colts yes. barely could run the ball at all. You know, I think mm-hmm. they had under two yards of carry at one point. It was bad. Yeah. It was really bad in terms of trying to run the football. and. You know, you talk about guys like Fries and French and all those guys, and even Danny Pinter was in the game at center. Um, the offensive line still struggled. So it's yeah. like, what is the deal with these guys? You know, you know, they all. I felt like a lot of them played really well in the Week One game, and it felt like they kind of came back to earth a little bit more in this game, and didn't really right. have the greatest game when it came to running the football. What were your thoughts on the interior offensive line? Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't great. You know, they had a total of thirty yards rushing. Everybody combined. Uh, not great, <laughs> you know, not great at all. Again, you know, those numbers would have been up if Taylor and Himes were in there for sure. But still, 30 yards when you have Lindsey out there and Tyson Williams, who I think is a pretty solid back. The numbers should be higher. Interior offensive line, not great at all. Um, like I said, there's really only a few guys on the whole offensive line that I thought played well or okay. Everybody else I thought was just not good. Yeah, And it concerns me, if I'm going to be honest. It is concerning. Yeah, I wonder. I do feel like the Colts are going to sign a veteran somewhere. They have yeah. to. And that interior. Um, and they got maybe Kelly coming back, tackle. too. 
They do, yeah. Yeah, which is why maybe I'm not as concerned that a guy like Ryan Vandemark, who's the next guy on our list, yeah. kind of struggled as well. He's kind of struggled throughout, which is kind of crazy considering w- what the Colts gave him as an undrafted free agent, and he just has yeah. not looked good at all. Like he, That's been actually kind of surprising how bad he's looked at times at right tackle. So you know, don't really love to see that from Ryan Vandemark. What were yeah. your thoughts on his performance? Um, to put it nicely, not good. Um, yeah, he he just was not good. I didn't like the move initially to bring him in just because I, I wasn't impressed with him in college. He didn't really stand out as somebody that I thought could be a nice depth piece on the team. I, I don't know, maybe it was Connecticut and just how their offense was ran that made it look like he wasn't quite as good. Maybe it was the quarterback. I, I don't I don't know. Nobody watches Connecticut football, so I'm not sure we can find an answer there. But um yeah, I wasn't impressed with him. I haven't really been impressed with him at all um, in the first two preseason games. So, um, yeah, he's somebody that needs to have a really good game or else he's going to be on the chopping block. Uh, yeah, I do think he will be. Uh, I don't think right now he's any anywhere close to making the final 53-man roster at all. All right, we talked about how bad the interior offensive line depth was. Talk about the defensive interior depth wasn't great either, you know, and you just have to look no further than the rushing yards given up as well. You know, the the Lions were able to do whatever they wanted running the football. didn't matter who was in there running the ball. Mm -hmm. There were just wide open lanes. And, and, you know, some people blame the linebackers. I don't really. I blame the defensive line. They really struggled to stop anybody. You know, it wasn't like, uh, oh, this running back had a decent game. Everybody was running really, really good. And, you know, it's kind of kind of honestly disappointing considering some of those guys we're looking at, like Eric Johnson, Curtis Brooks, you know, throwing whoever else you want to throw in. Uh, they really, really struggled yesterday, I felt like. Yeah, it felt like most of the guys on that defensive line was just getting bullied all game. You know, they just they weren't able to do anything. 174 yards rushing total is not something you want to give up if you're a defense. Um, when it comes to defending the football as far as running goes. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't too happy with that. It felt like at times they were just able to – they could have jogged right up the middle and would have got five yards. Like It was that bad yesterday. Yeah. It was rough. It was really yes. rough. And uh, the, the, those guys didn't do themselves any favors either, you know. Oh, no. Um, so we'll see, man. We didn't really get any answers at interior defensive line. So we'll see. Right. All right, uh, a couple more guys we want to talk about. We stay on the defensive line real fast. I felt like as good as you know, Effetti and and Dio were yesterday. Ben Banagu struggled. He didn't really do a whole lot. Didn't see him much in this game. He had a couple like pressures, but like compared to these other guys, I don't feel like he did himself any favors. Yeah, he really didn't do anything. Um, look, he needs to have really good games. Um, he's kind of he's one of those guys that I could see being on the chopping block as well just because, you know, the past few years hasn't really done anything. And I don't know if it was because he just wasn't being involved, like Eberflus just didn't get him involved as much as he should have or not, but it looks like this year he's still same story, just not really getting involved as much. Um, had a good game last week. I thought he played pretty well, but, yeah, this week, like you said, he just he really didn't do anything to help himself. I feel like that's kind of been the story of Banigou. He has yeah. moments where he flashes and moments where he's just invisible, you know, where he doesn't right. do anything. And we saw it again. And, you know, a lot of people, like you talked about, were saying, is it the scheme? You know, and Banigou even said it was a scheme, you know. And so everybody's like, okay, maybe now we're going to see him just take this giant leap, you know, this year as a player. And 
in some ways he has taken some leaps. It seems like he he's grown, but also it's the same issue. You know, it, it maybe it's less of a scheme issue and more of a Ben Banigou issue. That's kind of what it's seeming like. It's a little bit more. And that's unfortunate given the talent he does have, the athletic ability he does have, the fit in this defense that he does have. We'll see. He has another, you know, he has some more time to make it up. Like it's not like this is the end for him necessarily, but it's getting closer and closer to him being on the chopping block, like you said. So I'm kind of really nervous for him, you know, just to see like, is this really his last chance with the Colts? You know, I do think it is. So if he doesn't step it up here in the next couple of weeks, I, I do think he's going to be done with this team. We'll see how, how it plays out though. I mean, I don't know how it's going to play out, but we'll see. All right. Uh, let's finish with one last guy that I felt like really struggled, you know, talking about that cornerback five position. Chris Wilcox really struggled. You know, he gave up some big catches down the stretch and kind of looked lost in certain situations. Uh, what were your thoughts on him? You know, talking about a guy like Tony Brown, who's played really well. Chris Wilcox really didn't play well. Yeah, he, he looked like he struggled, gave up some opportunities for sure. Um, looked like he got beat a few times, which is something you just don't want to see at all. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, he just didn't really do anything positive. Um, you know, when you have, the corners, you know, and with an, a position that important, you need guys one through five that can go out there and they can contribute. You need guys that could start on other teams. And I don't think Will Cox is that guy. Honestly, I think they probably are going to have to go after somebody like a vet. I don't know. Maybe a vet gets cut at some point and they bring him in. But uh, yeah, Will Cox, I, I didn't think he really did anything all that great. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for our look at some stock up, stock down players from week two against the Detroit Lions. Let us know your thoughts on all these players. Maybe some players that we missed that you want to talk about as well. Leave those things in the comments. Thank you guys so much for all your support. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, push it out to more Colts fans. Guys, be sure to go check out Matt's channel. He does a lot of good Colts stuff. Just type in Inside the Horseshoe Podcast. You'll find him on YouTube and also some other places as well. So that'll do it for this one, guys, though. Thank you so much. And as always, guys, no cults. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.